jokes. Yes, jokes with the writer and everyone. Yeah. So. I don't know what to say today. <laughs> I finally reached it. <laughs> the seed assignment is over. <laughs> Success, Eureka. <laughs> Selfing really needs to be liberated from its own antics. It really does. <laughs> I mean, it is hell bent on getting relief. <laughs> but it's never open to receive any because it has, it always precedes everything with an idea. I know what I'm looking for. <laughs> the problem is, you may know what you're looking for, but you don't know what you're looking from. <laughs> That's the dilemma. <laughs> what you're looking from is defining what you're looking for. <laughs> I see clearly how screwed I am. <laughs> Transcendence, no. <laughs> it's about liberation, no. It's, a, it's not vanquishing or defeating, no. It's just an incredible loss of interest. <laughs> not loss of interest, but loss of interest on things, of, of things. You, 
concepts, ideas, every philosophies. There's just a giant, like, you know, like they say now, the greatest wealth uh, distribution shift in the history of the world has been happening right underneath our eyes, you know, sucking up. It's sort of like an interest distribution shift, yeah? Your attention and interest gets shifted and distributed differently. And so what seemed to be so important because of your own importance, yeah? Once that you that was so important has been dismissed, all the all the the uh, like pasting of importance on things shifts. All the cards move. The ace ain't the ace anymore. The deuce ain't the deuce. Everything has a different meaning, yeah. And it has nothing to do because there's no shuffler and there's no one that's sitting at the at the the, the table, you know, playing the next hand. It's just shifts, and you're the consequence of that shift. What you call you as the alpha is just a. A, a, a secondary expression yeah, of mind shifting. Yeah? The mind shifts, and then this is an expression of mind, and it's totally secondary to the mind. So when you find out it was long ago, in a way, it was not of time, something occurred, and then your, your, your communication link to nothing is way, 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 way distorted. It's just... It's just looped into things, you know? So when it finally filters down and you get it, it's like, it's so, but besides the point by then. <laughs> you know I mean? Something has really just taken over, and then you just know it by its roots. You, know? you do have that ability to reflect and be aware of. And so now you start becoming aware of a presence that you weren't aware of before. Yeah? And it coincides with the loss of interest in who wanted to be aware of that presence. Yeah? Because when there's a who that wants to be aware of that presence, that's the primary presence, is that who. Yeah? And that primary presence always trumps the everlasting presence in this place of expression. Yeah? You will perceive what already is, and now it will be you trying to know what already is. Yeah? But in a sense, in the pecking order, it's always you. Yeah? Even what already is is placed into a place, a position where you're going to find out about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> and there's no way out of the system. Self can't get out of self. I don't care how subtle it gets. <laughs> it's just like, it's just convoluting on itself. Yeah? It just can't get out of self. That's the beauty of it. When you realize you couldn't possibly be in what you're real hell-bent on getting out of, or you couldn't be the one who thinks it's possibly in about the place it wants to get out of, then that's the sort of transcendence of it. Yeah? But you don't go anywhere, and there's no vanquishing or defeat yeah? or liberation. It's just seen not to be so. Yeah? So when something that was seeming to be so, which dictates the perception of I've got to be liberated from it, I've got to vanquish it, I've got to kill it, I've got to overcome it. Yeah, When it's seen not to be so, all of that goes out the window. You know, you're not looking for another strategy of how to defeat it, or how to, you know, vigilance isn't it. Isn't it. <laughs> you know, you actually, it's much better to be, like, let's say, non-vigilant in a way. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's much easier just to have a relaxed awareness than it is any focusing. Because as soon as there's a focusing, it implies there's a focuser. It's just you can't get out of that logic of mind, yeah? 
So it's more like a disperse or a, like a you know like a spread out or a diffuse attention. Yeah. It may look like you have attention deficit disorder. It may. It may look like you can't concentrate for a lick. It may look like a lot of things, but <laughs> but there's a whole strong sense of that diffused attention that does. Uh, I don't know, it just provokes in the experience here as a traveling writer. You know? And you would have thought it would have been a different thing, like focusing on the goal and concentrating and having unwavering attention. Yeah, but what, when there's a having unwavering attention, the unwavering attention is on the you that's having the unwavering attention. You can't seem to get, you can't get away from the reflection because when you're polishing the, the mirror, what's, you're looking at you polishing the mirror, you know? I don't see how you can get out of that little conflict. <laughs> I just don't see how, it doesn't seem to, there's like, you know, you can have like, say, 30 examples that there's no way self gets out of self. That can be more than enough. You don't maybe need to go through the 35th example, yeah? Because each, each like demonstration of the failedness of the system of selfing, each one can, uh, the mind can just expand into the principle that self can't get out of self, yeah? Just one little event of seeing the frustration of self trying to get out of self can be more than enough. Your mind can just open up and that's that, yeah? It's realizing, see, self can't get out of self. <laughs> and so, and I'm not that, so there's no need to get out of that. Yeah. And therefore, there was never a sense of being in it. The sense of being in it is what produces the desire to get out of it. Yeah? Just like everything in a dualistic movement. Yeah? A low tide predicates, oh, so it didn't happen. Jim! Holy cow! Jim! <laughs> passed away. No, it's my daughter. Your daughter passed away. Holy cow. I thought it was... Well, they got the wrong email. Yeah. Well, I'll check. I haven't read the wrong <laughs> Oh, your daughter passed away. Yeah, my daughter. Yeah. Oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah. I've never seen the horse. She looked translucent. 
and the light shone from within. I've never seen that before. And she's a beautiful, beautiful young woman, I'm 57. And then, and then when uh, I was on the phone with her brother at the time of her passing, saw her a couple hours later, and then uh, she was very beautiful after passing. Mm. She looked like she had a ceramic mask on. The blood were drained out. She looked really beautiful. Like a porcelain mask. But I saw the same thing that you said when you were a 12 or 13 year old when your uncle passed. That's not me. That's not me. And it just really straightens things out. It makes all the difference. Instead of getting uh, attached to a body and thinking that, I want to thank you for that. It just changed my life and changed that experience. Thank you. See, the sign's not over. We really appreciate you, Jim. Come on. God, I didn't put it on Facebook or anything. Though I don't go to Facebook. Someone I had misconstrued. I thought it was a cryptic email. It sounded like you had passed away. <laughs> it was like, you know, there's an old story about the monk that uh, working in the monastery and then uh, the, abbot, the head ab- new head abbot shows up and he calls this monk and says, hey, I want you to go down into the library and look over the old scriptures and transcribe some of them and edit it and everything like that. And so he says, well, we just did that the last, you know, 20 years ago. He says, no, I want you to go over it again. So the young monk goes in there and gets the candles, working very religiously on it all. And then he just gets this, he sees this one thing and he just has this giant aha moment. And he runs up into the abbot's office and says, abbot, abbot, the word was celebrate. Not celibate. <laughs> so one little word can make a, can change a huge make a huge difference. So I'm really that was unbelievable experience. It was like just unbelievable. What I know, I just I saw you walking by. Jeez. Miracles do happen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that thing when I was young, that was a really, uh, that's like what I try to imply sometimes. When the mind gets something, it's got. Yeah? It doesn't need, like, um, it's sort of like when that car that's stalled, you take off the air filter and you put, you know, you put a couple of drops in the gas and you press on the pedal and it fires, yeah? That's all you needed was a couple of drops. If you stand there and keep pouring gas, it floods it, and it, and it, then your whole purpose is defeated again. Yeah. So sometimes when mind gets something, it's gotten. Yeah? It doesn't have to be poured over or reinforced. Let it go. Let it be. Because have faith in mind, like that old Zen treatise, faith mind. Have faith in mind. Yeah. Have faith in the absoluteness of mind. Have faith in the precedence of mind, yeah, that it precedes everything in manifestation. 
Have faith in that. Have faith in mine. So when there's an unspoken yes, you don't have to keep, you know, is it still yes? Just let it go. Let it, you know, it's almost like a free radical in a weird way. Let it be a free radical. Just let it do what it can do. And like when I was a kid, I was nine, I think, at the time, maybe a little older, and my uh, my Uncle Fred passed away, and I really liked Uncle Fred and stuff, and uh, I was fond of him, and my mother, we went to the awake, and my mother brought me up to the casket and I to say goodbye to Uncle Fred, which I wasn't that excited about, <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on, Paul, go say goodbye to Uncle Fred. I was like, okay. And I looked in, and I looked at that body, and I had a realization, hey, that, un- that is an Uncle Fred, yeah? It was just no thought, just bammo, that ain't Uncle Fred. And then in hindsight, I realized why I was seeing the body as Uncle Fred, because I was seeing this body as Paul. So, as, as done to you, is done to others. As you judge others, that's how you judge yourself, vice versa, yeah? So if you're judging yourself to be a body, you're going to take others to be a body, yeah? And then when that body disappears or dies, you may think that presence is gone, yeah? But in fact, and that same fear will hang over you and your little mental condition that you're going to be gone someday, yeah? That you are going to be terminated. Yet, when, you, when I saw that body, I realized that wasn't Uncle Fred, and it made a huge impact on me, yeah? from that point on. Because it was so clear, clean seeing, there was no, there was no way you could like, uh, debate it. Yeah? It was just made like a whammo, and then I went on and kept on living. And you can see... That everything returns to mind in a sense, yeah? Everything comes back, comes from that mind. And if there's a sense of onness, that's the demonstration of mind, yeah? And if that's demonstrating, why would you feel like it's your demonstration? Why not surrender the yours and be that demonstration? Why not? Yeah. It's a possibility of mind to recognize itself, yeah? Through manifestation. So, uh, and what it does here, it just affords people to travel lighter, you know, through what happens here. This isn't like a pass from all the events of living, you know. And it doesn't really, uh, if there's pain, there's going to be an experience of pain. Because the clarity is going to allow that experience. Yeah? Whatever experience is happening, there's going to be a clarity around it because the mind is clear and like empty sky. You know? It sees. Everything that appears in it is seen or is held and seen. It doesn't say, oh, now that I've, something has occurred, I now have an advantage. I only see the sunny skies or the sunny clouds. Or the... No, that's all, that's all magical mind thinking. You know what I mean? Like this is the greatest advantage of all. Once I'm not me, I'll be so much better as me than I ever was, you know? It's just like, you know, it's like, you know, I just can't wait to have that experience of my own absence, you know? It's not going to happen, you know what I mean? And if it's held us like that, it's going to fail you. And then your whole understanding of it will be based on uh, false information, 
So let's say if you see a master supposedly, and then he has cancer, and they cry out in pain, you may, oh, he can't be that. That's what supposedly happened with Ramana Maharshi, with some Westerners. They came, and when they heard him, you know, in agonizing pain, they said, well, they started doubting that he was the master, you know, or what he was supposed to be. But he wasn't supposed to be anything that they made up. He was, you know what I mean? He was just awake, and something hurt. (laughs) And something hurt, and there was the appropriate response, ow! (laughs) You know, I mean, what's what's wrong with that? To me, it's much cleaner. Oh, there is no pain. To me, it's just pointless. (laughs) I don't know, it just blows my mind. <laughs> that was a great. Uh, you know, that was awesome. It was almost like Lazarus. That's really cool, Jim. I've had a I've had a Lazarus experience today. It's great. Someone resurrected from the seeming dead. <laughs> well, that's what we're doing every day, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this, what do I do next week? <laughs> I don't think you can top it. <laughs> this is the best one. Just rest on your laurels. This is, you ain't gonna top this one. <laughs> so you know, like some of us, we're just on a spiritual hook. You know, some reason we think there's a demand or a a, a, a purpose or a calling to to transcend, to wake up, to enlighten. And what is that drive used for by mind just to incarcerate you, in a sense, by your own hopes and dreams? Yeah? What happens is you're just left off, you let off all those mental hooks you've been on. Really. Like, you're not an urban renewal project anymore. You know, one of those never-ending contracts that's just never finished. Yeah? If this was your life... It would never be okay. You'd have to find fault in it somehow. Yeah. But when it's not your life, you can sort of accept it. It goes naturally. Yeah. When it's not about you, you can let it be. Yeah. But if it's about you, it should be different. Yeah. It has to be different. This doesn't comply with my my take, my wishes. Yeah. It's selfing precedes every other meaning. Yeah. It's the one that we miss. You can hear a statement that you and I give everything all the meaning it has and be very clear about that, but the feeling of being you is a meaning that the mind has given to this apparatus, to this object, to this idea. Yeah, We miss that one. So I believe, oh, I'm giving everything all the meaning I have, now I'm going to change the meaning I'm giving everything. You can't change the meaning I'm ever giving everything if it's the you that's one of the filters of a stream of meaning. Yes? You can't change the system if you start at the second meaning. <laughs> you know what I mean? The shift of the system is prior to the first meaning blocking in. And the first meaning is, I'm a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. I'm a doer. There's time. I'm an object. All that. Those meanings are the ones we don't see. Yeah? And then we see the effects of other meanings that we give things, but all of that is, is defined by that meaning. Yeah? So we're just saying, hey, question that. Is there a sense? If, am I really? There, I'm not denying there's a sense of being on. Yeah? But does that sense imply that I'm a long-lasting, independent, separate entity? Yes, it implies that. But is it actually so? It may not be. Yeah? 
So that feeling of you, when the you's taken off it, may just be the feeling of onness. Yeah? The ever-present onness. You may be calling it the verification of you. I would just say it's the demonstration of onness. You don't need to be verified that onness is the verification in and of itself. Yeah? Just sensing the onness. Yeah? But why is it that every onness has to be customized into me? Yes. All right, I sense that onness, but it's me. Who says that? <laughs> not the onness. It's not saying a damn thing. Our mental process comes up with it. It makes it sense. It can tell a story then. Yeah? So there is a solution. From the solution's point of view, there is no problem. That's the solution. But if you're in the problem and you keep saying there is no problem, that's a problem. Yeah? You can't apply the solution from the problem. You can just question the problem. Yeah. I hey, I'm not that. Then there's a point of coming from the solution. Then you apply the solution's view from the problem because it works. Hey, it is not so. Yeah. It's an imaginary thing I've been trying to get out of. Okay. Yeah. The war's over. My whole life, in a sense, I wanted to get out of here. That's all I was doing since I was young. When my my grandmother and my father died when I was young, I that flipped me out. I couldn't handle this place. Just having feelings and things were love, you know, all this extension of love just cut off because it was seemingly two objects and they disappeared. And all this love was out there, and I that can't I can't live like that. Let's suck all that love back and let's build a wall. And now I'm not going to give much love out because ah, it's very uncomfortable that love standing out there and the things I loved are gone. So so my whole life was about making things unreal. The things that hurt me and made me feel weird, you know? Make that unreal. And you know what? That strategy didn't work. Everything I made unreal became as real as real can be. I mean, it dominated my whole uh, day, every day. Then I came into recovery and I let what I thought was unreal, what what was real, I let it be as real as it wanted to be. I didn't do it, it just happened. And by letting it be real, it showed me its nature, that it's inherently unreal. Then I was basically relieved of it. There wasn't no need for mental denials of it. There's no need of trying to make things unreal because when I let them be as real as they want to be, they are unreal. They don't have substance. Their effect is derived from me. Yeah? I am the dreamer or the dreaming, and I forgot that I'm dreaming, and I've given everything I've dreamt all the power to affect me. That's the story of my life. The dreamt object in the dream is never going to get freed from the effects of the dreamt tiger in the dream. No way. I don't care how many tricks or techniques you use, you're still going to have a lingering sense of the tiger that rip your throat out every minute, any minute, yeah? No matter how much practice you do, it can come back like that, yeah? Why? Because not of the dreamt tiger, but you as the dreamt object. If you're not the dreamt object, you have immunity to the dreamt tiger, yeah? Like that. You don't have to work at it. You have immunity because you're not the dreamt object. The dreamt object is what causes the fear of the dreamt tiger, not the dreamt tiger. The dreamt object, yeah? If I'm not that, then that that loses its effect over me. It's simple as that, yeah? 
And you can see it happen all day. You can see, like in recovery, there's such an extreme case where people will have a story that about the worst thing that ever happened to them, and then after a year or two of recovering from the disease of alcoholism, it's now seen as the best thing that ever happened to them. You don't see that you and I are giving everything all the meaning it has? Give me a freaking break. That we can do it on such an extreme angle, the worst thing, and then the best thing coming from the same event? I'm like, come on. you got to see the principle. You know what I mean? How could it be? The, how could the worst thing, if it was the worst thing, like solid, inherently worse, how could that just imagine it unbelievably transform into the best thing? <laughs> it's not either. It was what the mind gave it. Yeah. Okay. So what precedes this thinking is giving the meaning to everything. This, yeah, this dreaming, this as the subject of this, meaning it gives everything the meaning. So let's see the first meaning that's been given by mind. The mind gave you and I the, the biggest meaning it can give, that it's you. It's bigger than God. Much bigger than God. This is this God entertains all the other gods. And if it doesn't want to entertain them, they don't seem to be God at all. Yeah? What was Buddhism until you, ent- until you entertained it? Nothing. Yeah? What was Jehovah? What was Ram? What was Brahma? Absolutely nothing until you got interested maybe in it. Yeah? So who's the bigger God? So this thing has been given the biggest meaning of me. We're questioning that. Maybe if that's not so, the mind will diffuse into another modality. And it will still give meaning, but it'll give a very different meaning even to this. And then through that, give different meaning to all of this. Yeah? What is it, it, what would be the, how would it feel like? Well, if you came out of the dream as the dreamt object and realized you wasn't it, I bet you the dream would afford you to travel lighter through it, yes? That would be an indication you're on to something. Yeah? The dreamt tiger would still be there. The job, the cancer, the relationships, the, the successes, the failures, but you travel lighter through them all. The seriousness doesn't come from the dream, it comes from you, the dreamt object. Yeah. Every meaning that's given to everything else is lent, is lent from the meaning that this has. Yeah. If you want to change the whole dictionary, in this case, change the author page, you. Yeah. Then all the, dif- all the different meanings of everything will shift. Yeah? Because the author is in every one of the definitions. Every one of the freaking definitions here. Your hands are all over. Yeah? So I'm saying, hey, and if there is no author, then in a sense there's even no story. Though there's millions of stories, but there's no story without the author. Yeah? It can't be owned or claimed. Yeah? It won't be your story anymore. And what drives me crazy isn't the story, but it's the your. It's the my of everything. The mind is the activity of bondage to the idea of being a self. It's through claiming the body is mine, the thoughts is mine, the feelings is mine, that produce this experience here. Yeah? Of incredibly inappropriate meaning giving. So mountains are made out of molehills, and true mountains are tried made into molehills. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're like complaining about the stupidest little thing and you, you're really fucked <laughs> on a lot of levels. And you're, you're missing the whole bigger picture. 
they only would get this right. <laughs> you know, it's just the way mind is. But all defined by one tunnel vision. Yeah, it'll give you a little, maybe twenty degree magnification, and then ten, and you think, oh, I'm feeling pretty good. Then a hundred, but it never. There's always a deep magnification of everything because it's about you. Yeah, your mind would not go follow thoughts about the future if it wasn't you, if it wasn't about the you. It would fuck the mind would say, I'm not going down that trail, there's nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> nothing happens. There's, I can't even piss on a tree, there's no tree. I can't smell any other shits, there's nothing there. I just, you know, but the thing is, when it's you, oh yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. You see it? It's a disease, watch it, man. The mind has a fixated object called you as a body, and it places it anywhere else at any other time. And what does it do? It thinks about it. Yeah? And, there's a, and it has an incredible tractor beam to hold your interest. Though if it was about anyone else, it wouldn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wouldn't. But it's only you that has that one flavor to hold your attention. And really, I mean, the concentration level is unbelievable. You talk about meditating on an object... The thought objects of mind, they're, they're the highest form of meditation here. People are really thinking about what's not happening. I mean, their attention glued to it, and it's producing effects now. I mean, we talk about a miracle like Lazarus being raised from the dead or Jim Cook and then showing back up, <clears throat> but at least Jim is alive or was alive. We're making <clears throat> something out of nothing. Yeah? Just by just by the thoughts. Yeah. No. Why does the thought system have so much power? Because it's your thought system, the mind. Yeah. If I had your thoughts in my head with the sound of your voice, I would have no interest in following anything that was being said. But the same thoughts wrapped in my sound would would just enrapture me. I'd be incredibly interested in them. <laughs> even, you know, even though they're the same old, same old since I was six years old. <laughs> so, yeah, there is a solution. Just entertain the possibility or don't. You, know. you already got that. It's sort of like uh, the spiritual subpoena has been served. You already got it. <laughs> you can't, you got to go to court now. <laughs> you know, it's just the possibility. You know, the, the mind is. I really like the quality of free ranging. You know, it just demonstrates the sense of uh, of uh, entertaining. It can just really be freed from objects and just entertain uh, no thingness in a sense. Yeah, it can sense presence. It can uh, it can in a sense see nothing. You know? And that's all at all times. No matter what situation you are, with no requirement necessary, it's just what's going on. Yeah, mind is alert and awake and on now. Yeah. Why would it someone suffering when they share about it? It's so exquisite how they put it because of the clarity of mind, isn't it? They're talking about being in a deep level of confusion, but they, they, they explain it so clearly. Yeah? They miss the point of how clear the mind is to see that deep level of confusion. Yeah? No, the honoring is always on the object instead of the mind that's seeing it. Yeah? Yeah? 
any exquisite exquisite suffering you had was really based on the clarity of mind, yeah? Every every time you went over an incident or yourself with like that scalpel of judgment, the sharpness of the blade was the clarity of mind. Yeah? You may be talking about the crudest, most dense thing, but the clarity of mind that's allowing the uh, that very beautiful way of putting it is not noticed, yeah? That, that incessant onness and clarity, we almost take it for granted. Because all our attention is on what we're clear about. I mean, I hear people describe their problems and they're clear as a bell about the problem. I mean, you could write a dissertation on it. Yes, you definitely, you are a professor of holes, but why are you still in one? <laughs> they know all about the holes, but the, the, the attention is on the knowledge, not on what's bringing forth the knowledge, you know? That clarity of nothingness. It's wonderful to be in awe and wonder and amazed of what comes out of it, but wouldn't it be nice to shift a little that amazement from where it came from? You know? From what everything is issuing from? It's sort of like all those movies you've seen. How many times do we wait and, you know, clap for the screen? <laughs> How do we. What? It's just a. You know? It'd be nice to, if the mind would just reflect its own nature, there would be an honoring of that. And you know what? That's almost like a, an infinite stare-down. It peers into nothing, so it's never interrupted, because it never lights on to anything. It's like incessantly insane seeing, yeah? because it never hits anything. You don't see anything. There's just seeing, but there's a huge sense of that seeing, yeah? that seeing of open mind. Like if the like the sky, even though when you describe a sky, it's usually what's appearing in it. You know, oh, did you see the sky today? No, none of us have actually. <laughs> That's the good news, really. That's why it's sky. We saw the clouds and whatever, you know, or the plane or the whatever, you know, the explosions or the fireworks. But we don't see the sky. Yeah, it's just a sense of presence. Yeah, and in that, in that space, everything can appear in it. Yet everything that appears in it doesn't leave any lasting effect on it. It doesn't even leave any effect on it. Yeah. It leaves the only effect it has is as an appearance, yeah. Like a cloud's effect is an appearance, and then it may have a trail of appearance and then dissipate. But it has no effect on where it's appearing in it. That's what it's like here, I'd say. Mind is like that empty sky. Yeah. Everything is arising in it. And they're having their effects on what's arising also. but And this is arising also. yeah. So it's not immune from the effects of what's arising. It's not you're an observer of this place. You know what I mean? You're in the content. You're in the soup. You're running into the bullion and to the beef and to the noodles and everything. Yeah? But the space itself, more like the bowl that's holding everything, yeah? that space, I would say, is, is the quality that we are. That nothingness, that awareness that pre precedes everything else. It's crazy to try to want to know it from content. You can't. Content's never going to know context. It's a, it's a, it's an appearance in context, yeah, but it's not of context. 
while it's holding this the sense of appearance, it's not of context. Like Jesus says, you're in the world, but you're not of the world, yeah? So you're in this world, you're in the content, but you're not of it. You're truly of context, yeah? But when you're identified as the content, in a sense, you're living as not of context, yeah? You're living of content. You're taking yourself to be the appearance, yeah? And therefore, everything has all the power to affect you, everything. You ever have a laugh fart? It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I just had one just then. <laughs> it was just going to blow, but... <laughs> so, any questions today? Who's going to be resurrecting next week? I don't know. <laughs> Come back and find out. There'll be one of us. I'll start spreading the news that someone passed away. And I'm, oh, look it. It's them. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Every week. They'll be on my... Don't miss the near miracle this week. Come to, come to Paul's Wednesday meeting. I'm going to have to start advertising. Did you miss last week? Jim Cook was resurrected. Who knows what's going to happen this week? I know I'm named Chris. <laughs> yes. Suzanne, you weren't here, but... Uh,